Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You know, I pray that each and every one of you did have a very enjoyable Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend. I pray that you took the time to remember and honor those men and women who have made the last full measure of devotion. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, Memorial Weekend at my church, I asked the pastor if I could stand up and just read 272 words. And those words were the Gettysburg Address, because I think that there are no better words that really capture what Memorial Day was all about. Us giving increased devotion to those who gave the last full measure of devotion, that their sacrifice shall not have been in vain, and that we honor them. Because what they have done is made it possible that the government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. That's what Memorial Day is all about. Now I'm sure that you enjoyed the pools opening and the barbecues and the sales and what have you, but that's not what keeps you free. And there was also some things that happened over this Memorial Day weekend that I think we should talk about because... Slowly but surely, we're, we're losing that sense of our freedom. And first and foremost, when it comes to our economic freedom. On this past weekend, we, we saw the debt ceiling reach some type of compromise negotiation. They got it approved there, calling this thing the fiscal responsibility bill. Really? You think that you can fool the American people because what's about to be passed that they're debating on in the House of Representatives, it's not about fiscal responsibility. If it were about fiscal responsibility, people would have sat down and said, we cannot continue to go down the path of borrowing the money so that the United States of America can continue to exist. We have to start looking at how we curtail this spending issue that we have in Washington, D.C. Because truly, I don't care who you are, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, Libertarian, whatever, you have to admit, you have to know that this is not a revenue issue. We continue to see the the growth of spending in the federal government. And why? Because they will not correct themselves. They operate on this thing called a baseline budget, which means every single budget cycle, every single budget year, they increase spending from a baseline. Now, sure, they said that they want to go back and suspend spending at the 2022 levels. Like, so? How about we go back and suspend spending from a 20-year past level, or maybe even more than that. How about we move toward a zero-based budget system, which is the way that we have to operate in our homes, 
the way that we operate in our businesses. We have to say what revenue is coming in, and therefore that dictates what we can spend. A trillion dollars of deficit spending. A trillion dollars on the net interest of the debt. And understand, there's a difference between the debt and the deficit. The debt is the amount that we borrow so that we can sustain ourselves. The deficit is the amount of overspending based upon the revenues that we're coming in. You can tax people ad nauseum, ad infinitum. But all that does is say to the politicians in Washington, D.C., let's go out there and spend some more. Let's borrow some more. The United States of America is at $32 trillion in debt. 1961, when I was born, it was about $460, $470 billion in debt. When I was in Congress, if I'm correct, back in 2010, when I was elected, served 2011, 2013, we were $11 or $12 trillion dollars in debt. 11 or 12 trillion dollars in debt 10 years ago when I was in Congress. Now where are we? And this is not about Republicans or Democrats, it's both of them. We've seen Republicans being in charge of the White House, the Senate, and the House. And just recently, as of two years ago, we had the Democrats in charge of the White House, the Senate, and the House. They could have raised the debt ceiling all by themselves last year. They didn't do it. What they did was they pushed through an incredibly big omnibus spending package, which just pushed us even more in debt. And now we have a Federal Reserve that their monetary policy is trying to cover for the excessive spending, which gives us the rise in inflation, which, of course, is hurting us every single day to include hurting these small regional banks that can't keep up with the high interest rates that are out there trying to cool down the economy. We cannot raise interest rates fast or high enough to get us to a 2% rate of inflation. And oh, by the way, it was 1.4% rate of inflation when Joe Biden came into office. And it was 7.1% rate of inflation before Vladimir Putin went across the border into Ukraine because of the weakness of the Biden administration, probably because the Biden administration is compromised. It hit 9.1% as a high. Now, people are saying, well, inflation's doing great. We're down to 5%. Remember what I said? It was 1.4% when Joe Biden came into the office. The Federal Reserve has said that they want the target rate of inflation to be 2%. So how many rate hikes have we seen to try to get us just down to 5% from the all-time high of 9.1%? It ain't working, folks. That ain't how you do it. That's not fiscal responsibility. And when you look at this whole thing about our debt, I'm tired of the boogeyman that the United States will default on its bills. Well, ask yourself in your home. When you go and you say, hey, hey, can you give me some more credit? I know I'm over the limit, but give me some more credit. Because if you don't give me some credit, I'm going to default on my bills. Do you think any credit card company or any car uh, company or anyone holding the lien on your car, they're not going to care. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to repossess your stuff. Sooner or later, someone's going to repossess the stuff of the United States of America. Because these people are not serious about our fiscal health. 
They're not serious about honoring the service and sacrifices of those who gave the last four measures of devotion. They're not serious about protecting our economic freedom and liberty. I think we're up to like over $200,000 that every single taxpayer in the United States of America will have to pay in order to eradicate our debt. 90-something thousand, 95,000 for every American if they want to do it. <laughs> and notice I said every American. Uh, I didn't say anything about the legals. So even my little two-year-old grandson, I mean, he's got a bill on his head right now of $90,000. That's his portion of the debt that he would have to write a check for. He's just two years of age. We have people that are destroying our fiscal health, our economic liberty and freedom, our economic security, and they don't seem to care. So now all of a sudden they're up there patting themselves on the back because we're going to raise the debt ceiling another two or three trillion dollars. And guess what will happen in about, I don't know, what, a year and a half, two years? Ah, oh, we've got to raise the debt ceiling again. We're going to default on our bills. We've got to go out and borrow more money. We've got to grow the federal government. We need a bunch more IRS agents. We need more ATF agents. We need to grow the FBI. We need more people working in the State Department. we got to pay for all these illegals that we have allowed into the country. Instead of turning upon itself and looking at itself as the federal government and getting back in the constitutional governance box that the United States Constitution puts them in, their right and proper duties, roles, responsibilities, jurisdictions, and purviews, they never talk about that. Oh, my God, if you talk about cutting government spending as House of Representative members Jaya Powell who is the head of the Congressional, uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus, she's from the state of Washington. She said there'll be unrest, not just here on Capitol Hill, there'll be unrest on the streets. So the cultural Marxists, the statists, the socialists, the communists, they're basically threatening us with unrest in the streets if they are not allowed to continue to spend money. See, that's what happened over Memorial Day weekend when we should be thinking about how those people gave their lives for this nation and how we're spitting in their faces right now and stomping on their graves. But we, the people, the American people, we've got to get a whole lot smarter than this. And we have to realize, as Alexander Fraser Teitler, the 18th century Scottish political philosopher, said that a nation cannot exist in a permanent form of, as a democracy. It can only exist until a certain time when people realize that they can vote their own largesse from the public treasure. From that moment on, they will always vote for the person promising them the most benefits, with the ensuing result being the collapse of a democracy over loose fiscal policy followed by a dictatorship. That's where we are. That's why I'm not celebrating this whole debt ceiling rise and the fiscal responsibility bill because it's oxymoronic with the emphasis on moron. 
Another thing that happened this past weekend that should cause th those of us in the state of Texas a lot of concern is all of a sudden we had the attorney general in the state of Texas impeached. Now, there are some issues with Attorney General Ken Paxson, legal, moral issues. A lot of this stuff is like eight years old, so it's always been out there. But all of a sudden, this whole secret squirrel commission that was empowered in March of this year in the middle of the Texas legislative session, the 88th legislative session, which only goes from January to the end of May, so they're done with the legislative session, and it only occurs every other year, but somehow without the people knowing, to include the very person that was under investigation, Attorney General Ken Paxton, the House Committee on Investigations met. And they appointed people to investigate into the attorney general. And all of a sudden, the last three weeks or so before the end of this legislative session, they present their findings and their recommendations for the impeachment of the attorney general without him getting any type of due process. That's an infringement upon freedom. That's a violation of the Bill of Rights. I don't care about politics. It's kind of like the red flag laws. You're already guilty and you lose your stuff. And you have to try to prove what some unnamed person accuses you of. And so all of a sudden, over the weekend, Memorial Day weekend, without any hearing of for the Attorney General, Ken Paxson, without any real investigation or looking into any documents or any of the members of the Texas State House having the ability to further research, they had a vote on articles of impeachment that came from this hush-hush quiet committee on investigations that was appointed in March that nobody knew about. And the next thing you know, they pass the articles of impeachment. It'll go now go to the Senate for a trial. See, the House acts kind of like a grand jury, and as people say, you can indict a ham sandwich. That's what any grand jury can do, and it appears that that applies here. But here's the thing, Texans. 121 to 23. There are 150 members of the Texas State House. It always stays that way. It's based upon 150 Psalms. There are 31 members of the Texas State Senate. It's based upon 31 Proverbs. Who No, that whole separation of church and state, forget about that. That's how it is. So 121 people voted to impeach the Attorney General of the state of Texas in a Texas State House that has a Republican majority. But yet there were 61 Democrats and 60 Republicans that voted to impeach him. More Democrats voted to impeach the Republican Attorney General than Republicans in a Republican-held Texas State House, led by the guy that I called when I was chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, a political traitor. People were upset when I said that. I think that now you understand why I said it a few years ago. And that Speaker of the House with an R after his name, Dade Phelan, he voted to impeach the Attorney General of the state of Texas. Now, I'm not getting into the back and forth about Mr. Paxson's issues, but the process was flawed. The process was wrong. The process was secretive. The process violated 
any due process rights for the Attorney General. And it really came as a surprise or shock to the people here in Texas. But the fact that Democrats really are controlling things in a Republican Texas State House. And oh, by the way, last legislative session, Dave Phelan appointed 13 Democrats to committee chairman positions. This time, he only appointed nine. And we're supposed to be happy about that. Nine Democrat committee chairs in a Republican-controlled state house. 61 Democrat members. Every single Democrat there in the Texas State House pretty much voted for the impeachment of a Republican attorney general over Republicans. Only 23 Republicans voted against this impeachment. There were two present not voting. Now, these are the same Democrats who two legislative sessions, uh, one legislative session ago, they hopped on private jets and they took off and flew away to Washington, D.C. to block election integrity measures to be passed here in the state of Texas. We were told there would be consequences. There were none. We were told they'd be arrested. The governor went on Fox News and said that. There was no arrest. They didn't even give back the money Texas taxpayer money, their per diem money that they spent in Washington, D.C., while they were not in the session that was called for them to be in attendance. These are the same Democrats that in this legislative session, they blocked the constitutional amendment here in Texas that would have said only Americans are allowed to vote in the state of Texas. So more Democrats voted for the impeachment of a Republican attorney general in a Republican-held Texas State House. The Democrats in the Texas State House blocked a resolution, a constitutional resolution, that would have gone on a ballot in November that would allow the people of Texas to vote and decide that they only wanted Americans to vote in elections in Texas. So these Democrats down there in the Texas State House, who have been given committee chairmanships because, I don't know, Republicans in the Texas State House ain't got no cojones. They blocked an amendment. They have said that they would rather see illegals be able to vote in the state of Texas than just Americans. But it's not just that. Here, here's some of the other things. You know, the governor, Greg Abbott, came out and talked about how he's had this priority of school choice, election, uh, I mean, educational freedom. We don't have it in Texas. As a matter of fact, they passed it in the state of North Carolina. Republicans in the state House and state Senate, they passed it. Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina has called a state of emergency because Republicans passed school choice, educational freedom. But yet here in Texas, with a Republican governor, Republican state Senate, Republican state House, we think, they couldn't get school choice passed. Yes, there was a bill, HB 900, that uh, got rid of all of these pornographic books, things of this nature that are in the school libraries. But obscenity exemption laws still remain. They didn't allow that to be removed. Ranked choice voting. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. If you don't know what I'm talking about, call some of your friends up in Alaska. Ranked choice voting is still a possibility here in the state of Texas because in the Texas State House, they could not get a vote on it never being accepted here. We don't have anything on border security. 
Illegals are pouring across the border. One of the strongest border security measures, a piece of the legislation from Matt, Representative Matt Schaefer out of the Tyler, Texas area, I think it was HB 20, shot it down in a Republican state house. I think it's Republican. The Democrats voted to impeach a Republican attorney general in a Republican-controlled state house. We couldn't even ban the Chinese from owning land and property in the state of Texas. Yeah. That did not get passed. And at the University of Texas, the flagship of the University of Texas educational system, taxpayer-funded university, they have something called the Global Disinformation Lab. And they just came out with their top 10 riskiest disinformation sites. University of Texas in Austin now, down in Austin. Some people call that Moscow on the Colorado. Who are their top 10 riskiest disinformation sites from the University of Texas Global Disinformation Lab? Number one, American Spectator. Number two, Newsmax. Number three, The Federalist. Number four, The American Conservative. Number five, One American News. Number six, The Blaze. Number seven, The Daily Wire. Number eight, Real Clear Politics. Number nine, Reason Magazine. Number 10, The New York Post. In the state of Texas, the University of Texas has a global disinformation lab that is funded by Texas taxpayers. And they just listed their top 10 riskiest disinformation sites, all conservative. It tells you something. Just the same as the supposed Texas State House that has a Republican majority allowed Democrats to block a resolution, constitutional amendment, that said only Americans can vote in the state of Texas. A, a, a Republican Texas State House, majority-wise, they saw a majority of Democrats outvote Republicans to impeach a Republican attorney general. Texas is not the Texas that many people believe. Texas is in a free-fall decline. All of our major urban population centers are controlled by the progressive socialist left. Our major cities have Soros-backed district attorneys. That's the model. That's the playbook. That's how the left comes in and flips a strong red state into purple, then to blue. Don't believe me? Ask the folks in Colorado. Because that's what they saw happen. Those are the two big things that happened over the weekend, and I think it should cause us much concern nationally with the loss of our economic freedom. And here in Texas, we're slowly losing this state because of people that won't stand up for the principles and values that they say. We had an episode with Jill Glover and Alice Lenahan that talked about those legislative priorities. Many of them did not get passed. Republican legislative priorities, not passed by our elected Republicans. Let me close on this. We get one day, one day to remember the people that shed their blood so we can live in this great land. But now we're about to enter a month that's dedicated to sexual perversion. I don't know why they get a month. I guess 
that their lobby is so strong. We're only talking about probably less than 4% of this population in the United States of America, but yet they get an entire month. Target, Coles, Bud Light, you name it. Kowtowing to the LGBTQIA plus alphabet soup mafia folks. Yes, it's a mafia because they threaten, they intimidate, they coerce, they go after you. As a matter of fact, they stormed the Texas state capitol because we wanted to protect children from child gender mutilation, hormonal therapies, puberty blockers. They didn't like it. So now they'll be taken to the streets. Now there'll be more of these drag queen story hours, all these drag queen shows. As a matter of fact, in the United States Air Force, they have asked for more Pride Month events and celebrations on military installations. What does that have to do with the mission of the United States Air Force? What does that have to do with the mission of the United States military period? United States Navy has a drag queen recruiter now. And then they ask themselves, why? recruiting and retention at an all-time low. This radical LGBTQIA plus alphabet soup agenda has to be met on this battlefield of ideas and has to be ended or else it's going to affect our children, it's going to affect future generations. You know, in the month of June, th th there's a day in the month of June that gives me a lot of pride. June the 14th is Army birthday. 248 years. And the motto of the United States Army is this will defend, not what we see happening now, not, you know, this incredible amount of debt, not what we see happening with the uh, uncontrollable border, not what we see happening with this grooming and attack and assail and the sexual exploitation of our children. No, that's not what we said we defend. We defend, we defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And also, June the 14th is Flag Day. But most people will be thinking about June and a different kind of flag. And oh, by the way, the rainbow, that's biblical. That symbolizes God's covenant to man, to Noah at the time. When the rain stopped, the covenant was the rainbow. And that's why we go out and Every time after a hard rainstorm or whatever and the sun comes out, we see the rainbow because that, once again, is a reminder of God's covenant and promise to us. But because we were asleep at the wheel, that symbol has been usurped by people that don't understand God's covenant to man. So I take pride in being an American soldier. I take pride in being an American. I don't base my pride on who I sleep with or how I want to mutilate the bodies of little children. Memorial Day was about giving increased devotion to those who made the last full measure of devotion that their sacrifices would not be in vain. I want you to think about that as we go into June. I want you to look around your neighborhoods and your communities and see how many American flags are up on Flag Day, June the 14th, which is also, as I said, the birthday of the United States Army, the very first of our armed forces that were established before there was a nation. 
but they had a motto of this we'll defend. What would they defend? Our freedom. Our economic freedom. The freedom that we have in our homes to raise our children. No, our children do not belong to you, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, or Corrine Jean-Pierre. The children are ours to raise up to be future great Americans. Ponder that while other people are running around like the sisters of perpetual whatever they are out in Los Angeles and say to yourself the three words of the Army motto, this will defend. Steadfast. Before they burn it down